Shalom, my friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. Today is September 1st, 2021. We're going to be looking at our study for today, which is about the Feast of Trumpets. Now, most calendars have this date for Feast of Trumpets somewhere between the 6th and the 8th. We're doing it on the 1st. There's two reasons that I wanted to do this study today, or really three. Number one, it's important to be preparing and thinking about this leading into the feast, not five minutes before the feast, right? But here's the two main reasons. Number one, I wanted to do it on September 1st because I've personally just felt a heaviness. Um... I feel an uneasiness. I'm concerned about the month of September. I feel like, and I, I hope I'm wrong, I'm praying against it, but I just feel like the enemy has some pretty awful plans in the work for the month of September. And so I'm praying against that evil, that they would fail at their wickedness, that they'd fall into their own trap, they'd be caught up in their own snares with these evil plans. And I just ask you to join me in that prayer of resisting this wickedness. The second reason is, is when it comes down to it, we don't really know the exact time for the Feast of Trumpets. It is debatable depending on which calendar you're going off of. If you're going by the ones that was created by the Pharisees, or you're going by the ones that was that's found with the Essenes from in Quran where the Dead Sea Scrolls are found. It's the times and seasons have been confused, my friends. And so we just do the best that we can with what we have. And be careful about thinking you have it all figured out. I don't have it all figured out. And you also should be careful about thinking you have it all figured out. The scriptures say if a man thinks he knows anything, he knows nothing yet that he ought to know. So those are the two main reasons why I decided to launch this study on September 1st. Really three main reasons. Let me just cover them briefly again. One, to give you time to prepare your heart to mind and to dwell and to memorialize the feast. Number two, strange and t- strange times are ahead. I believe we need to be praying against it. Or I should say evil. Praying against the evil. And thirdly, we don't know the exact date. Maybe we could even say we don't know the exact day or hour. And so we're doing the best we can and we want to be prepared. All right. Without further delay, we're going to start this study. By the way, if you're listening to it on a computer or somewhere where you have internet access, you can follow along with the study by going to scriptureandprophecy.com, scriptureandprophecy.com, and clicking on the blog post that says the Feast of Trumpets, the Day of Judgment, or the Rapture, the Feast of Trumpets 2021. Thank you for joining me this morning. Let's begin.
The Feast of Trumpets, also known as Rosh Hashanah or Yom Teruah. It is the first of the fall feast and the beginning of the Jewish New Year. Yom Teruah literally means the day of shouting or blasting. And the term Rosh Hashanah literally means the head of the year. The Feast of Trumpets is a mystery in many respects. The Bible doesn't give us an apparent purpose for the feast, only that it is to be remembered and that it is to take place on the first day of the seventh month. Here's what Leviticus chapter 23 verses 23 through 25 say. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, on the first day of the month, shall you have a Shabbath, a Sabbath, a memorial of blowing of trumpets, a holy convocation. You shall do no servile work therein, but you shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. In this teaching, I'm going to shed some light on the possible meaning and expectation of the Feast of Jehovah, or more accurately, the appointed time of Jehovah. Many believe trumpets is the best candidate for a time of the rapture of the church. And I agree, it is the best candidate for that fulfillment. Feast of Trumpets is also viewed within Jewish tradition as the Day of Judgment, known, as, known in Hebrew as Yom Hadin. However, there really isn't any scriptural evidence for this tradition. It mostly comes from the oral tradition and is written about in the Jewish Talmud. With that said, many Christians associate the rapture event along with the Day of the Lord, or Yom Hadin, the Day of Judgment. For the believer in Messiah, trumpets should be a time of joy and hope. But for the rest of the world, it is a day of great dread. Rather than speculate on rapture doctrine, let us first focus on the Feast of Trumpets as it was commanded to be remembered in the Torah. The commandment in Leviticus was for Israel to remember the date, take a Sabbath, and memorialize the blowing of the trumpet. One doesn't need to think hard to remember a specific and important time in Israel's history where they would have heard the blasting of a trumpet. I believe the answer to this mystery is found in the book of Exodus, chapters 19 through 20. Alright, before we move forward through the article that I prepared for you up at the website, we're going to take a minute and we're going to read chapters 19 and 20 from the book of Exodus. I'm going to read it from the Hallelujah Scriptures this morning because I, it's one of those passages where I just think it's important to, to read it and, and hear or see God's name. I just feel like it, it gives more power to what's taking place here. Now, there is one word that you're going to hear a lot and it's a Hebrew word that's in the passage over and over and over. And it's the word Kadash. Kadash. And what it means, it's, it's the word that's always translated as holy, usually. Or it's translated holy often, I should say. But in this passage, it's translated different ways, many different times. And you, if you're reading it in other translations, you wouldn't see that. You would just see, sometimes you might see 
consecrated or sanctified or something like that. The word kadash, the, the Hebrew word kadash, it means to, to consecrate, to sanctify, to prepare, to dedicate, to be hallowed, to be holy, to be sanctified, to be separated. Okay, so that's what it's, that's what it's saying, to be set apart, to be hallowed, to be holy. It's an example in the book of Isaiah, when Isaiah's in the throne room and he sees the angels and they say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. It's Kadash, Kadash, Kadash. So you're going to see that a lot as I read through here, and I wanted you to know what it meant. And obviously Mitzrayim and Mitzrites is talking about Egypt and the Egyptians. So let's have a look. We're going to read... Chapters 19 and 20, which I believe is what Feast of Trumpets is telling them to memorialize. The blowing of the trumpet. And I think the Israelites, when they heard the commandment of this feast, you know, remember the blowing of the trumpet, there's no way they could not have thought back to this moment. So let's have a look. Chapter 19 and 20, Book of Exodus. Hallelujah Scriptures. In the third month, after the children of Yisrael had come out of the land of Mitzrayim, on this day they came to the wilderness of Sinai. For they departed from Raphadim and came to the wilderness of Sinai and camped in the wilderness. So Yisrael camped there before the mountain. And Moshe went up to Elohim and Jehovah called to him from the mountain saying, this is what you are to say to the house of Jacob and declare to the children of Israel. You have seen what I did to the Mitzrites, and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. And now, if you diligently obey my voice and shall guard my covenant, then you shall be my treasured possession above all the peoples, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a reign of Kohanim, that is to say priest, and a Kadesh nation. Those are the words which you are to speak to the children of Israel. And Moshe came and called the elders of the people and put before them all these words which Jehovah commanded him. And all the people answered together and said, All that Jehovah has spoken we shall do. So Moshe brought back the words of the people to Jehovah. And Jehovah said to Moshe, See, I am coming to you in the thick cloud, so that the people hear when I speak with you and believe you forever. And Moshe reported the words to the people to Jehovah. And Jehovah said to Moshe, Go to the people and Kadesh them today and tomorrow. And they shall wash their garments and shall be prepared by the third day. For on the third day, Jehovah shall come down upon the Mount Sinai before the eyes of all the people. And you shall make a border for the people all around, saying, Take heed to yourselves, that you do not go up to the mountain or touch the border of it. Whosoever touches the mountain shall certainly be put to death. Not a hand is to touch it, but he shall certainly be stoned or shot with an arrow. Whether man or beast, he shall not live. When the trumpet sounds long, 
let them go up to the mountain. And Moshe came down from the mountain to the people, and Kadosh the people, and they washed their garments. And he said to the people, Be prepared by the third day. Do not come near a wife. By the way, please know, when it says, when he's telling them not to go near a wife, he's simply saying, don't engage in sexual relations leading up to this event. Verse 16, And it came to be on the third day in the morning that there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain, and the sound of the ram's horn was very loud. And all the people who were in the camp trembled. So the shofar blast, right? This is twice that we've talked about the trumpet in this passage so far. The trumpet blasted long, right? And then there was the blast of the ram's horn or the shofar. And it was so exceedingly powerful that it caused the people to tremble. Verse 17, And Moshe brought the people out of the camp to meet with Elohim, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. And Mount Sinai was in smoke and all of it because Jehovah descended upon it in fire. And its smoke went up like the smoke of a furnace and all the mountain trembling exceedingly. And when the blast of the ram's horn sounded long and became very strong, Moshe spoke and Elohim answered him by voice. And Jehovah came down upon Mount Sinai on the top of the mountain, and Jehovah called Moshe to the top of the mountain, and Moshe went up. Please note, it's pretty interesting, pretty interesting correlation, as we're going to talk about as we move further in the article. With this ram's horn blast, and Jehovah, he descends on the mountain, so God comes down on the mountain, and Moses goes up. Okay? Verse 21, And Jehovah said to Moshe, Go down, warn the people, lest they break through unto Jehovah to see, and many of them fall. And let the Kohanim, that is the priest, who come near Jehovah, kodesh themselves too, lest Jehovah break out against them. And Moshe said to Jehovah, The people are not able to come up to Mount Sinai, for you warned us, saying, Make a border around the mountain and kodesh it. And Jehovah said to him, Come, go down. And then come up, you and Aaron with you. But do not let the Kohanim and the people break through to come up to Jehovah, lest he break out against them. And Moshe went down to the people and spoke to them. Chapter 20 And Elohim spoke all these words, saying, I am Jehovah your Elohim who brought you out of the land of Mitzrayim, that is to say Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You have no other mighty ones against my face. You do not make yourself a carved image or any likeness of which is in the Shemayim above, let us say the heavens, or which is in the earth beneath, or which is in the waters underneath the earth. You do not bow down to them nor serve them, for I, Jehovah, your Elohim, am a jealous El, visiting the wickedness of the fathers and the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing kindness to thousands, to those who love me and guard my commands. You do not bring the name of Jehovah your Elohim to naught, for Jehovah does not leave the one unpunished who brings his name to naught. Remember the Sabbath day to Kadosh it. Six days you labor and you shall do work, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath 
of Jehovah your Elohim. You do not do any work. You, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor the stranger who was within your gates. For in six days Jehovah made the Shemayim and the earth and the sea and all that is them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore, Jehovah Barak, that is to say, blessed the Shabbat day and kadoshed it. Respect your father and your mother, so that your days are prolonged upon the land which Jehovah your Elohim is giving you. You do not murder, you do not commit adultery, you do not steal, you do not bear false witness against your neighbor. You do not covet your neighbor's house, you do not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, or whatever belongs to your neighbor. And all the people saw the thunders and the lightning flashes and the sound of the ram's horn and the mountain smoking. And the people saw it and they trembled and stood at a distance and said to Moshe, You speak with us and we hear, but let not Elohim speak with us lest we die. Moshe said to the people, Do not fear, for Elohim has come to prove you and in order that his reverence may be before you so that you do not sin. So the people stood at a distance, but Moshe drew near the dense cloud where Elohim was, and Jehovah said to Moshe, Say this to the children of Israel, You yourselves have seen that I have spoken to you from the Shemayim. You do not make besides me mighty ones of silver, and you do not make mighty ones of gold for yourselves. Make an altar of the earth for me, and you shall slaughter on it your burnt offerings and your peace offerings and your sheep and your cattle and every place I cause my name to be remembered I shall come to you and barak you and if you make me an altar of stone do not build it of cut stone for if you use a chisel on it you have profaned it nor do you go up by steps to my altar lest your nakedness be exposed on it So that there is Exodus 19 through 20. Let's continue on in our article. So after reading 19 through 20, there's no doubt the Israelites knew what the point was of remembering the blowing of the trumpet. I believe this feast points back to when God called upon the Israelites to be his people, made himself known on Mount Sinai, and gave them the Ten Commandments. In regards to this awesome event on Mount Sinai, there are a couple of important things to take note of. First, it wasn't just a trumpet sound, but a voice of the trumpet. Secondly, it was at this moment that God came down on the mount and Moses was called up to the mount. This sounds very familiar to a couple of passages found in the New Testament in regards to the catching up of the saints. We all know 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 14. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which, are, which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain 
shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. The Apostle Paul is making a claim that a day is coming when the Lord will come down with a shout, with a voice, and with a trump. And then the saints will be caught up. There seems to be an obvious connection between this trump in the last days and the trump the Israelites heard at the base of Mount Sinai. Furthermore, we also see similar language used in the book of Revelation. Let's examine a couple of verses starting with the very first chapter in the book. Chapter 1, verses 10 to 11. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet saying, I am the Alpha, the Omega, the first and the last, and what thou seest write in a book, and send it unto the seven churches, which are in Asia, and to Ephesus, and to Smyrna, and to Pergamos, and to Thyatira, and to Sardis, and to Philadelphia, and unto Lodicea. Here we have the voice of Messiah likened to the sound of a trumpet. This is not an accident. Let's look at another verse. Revelation chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. After this, I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first verse, uh, the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee the things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. Once again, John hears a voice which is likened unto a trumpet, and this time he is caught up into the throne room of heaven. Is this all just a coincidence? Or is the word of God trying to let us in on a mystery? It is also interesting to note that before all judgment is poured out upon the world, John sees a great multitude in heaven which cannot be numbered, standing there in white robes who have come out of tribulation. Revelation chapter 7. Verses 9 through 17. Here's what it says. And after this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude which no man could number of all nations and kindreds and peoples and tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, and they cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne and about the elders of the four beasts and fell before the throne on their faces and worshipped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. And one of the elders answered and saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes? And whence came they? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation, and have washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God, and serve him day and night in his temple. And he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them, and shall lead them unto living fountains of water, and God shall wipe away all the tears of their eyes. It is after this event that we see the seventh seal opened and the trumpet judgments begin to come down upon the earth. As I have stated in many of my writings and podcasts over the years, I don't put my name on any of the many raptured doctrines. The reason being, I simply don't know God knows. 
However, these facts do seem to point towards, at the very least, a pre-wrath rapture event. We must not forget, our job as believers is to always be watching and always be ready for his marvelous appearance. Matthew 25 verse 13 says, Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Now it should be noted, the question may be raised, if we don't know the day or the hour, then how can we speculate that the rapture would happen on the Feast of Trumpets? Obviously, this is problematic for this view. However, I believe we know the season for which to start looking, but we don't know the exact day or hour. Furthermore, if Messiah is to come for his bride on this feast, we wouldn't necessarily know which year this would happen. Again, we should always be ready and always be watching. The argument that I am making in regard to the Feast of Trumpets is that it is an appointed time of Jehovah. Messiah has fulfilled the spring feast in his first coming, therefore it makes sense that he will fulfill the fall feast in his second coming. This certainly doesn't mean it has to be fulfilled in the way we might believe or understand. For me, the Feast of Trumpets is a high watch time. But our heads should be lifted high every day, longing and looking for his return. There are many more connections we can make. However, I want to focus on one last important understanding in regard to the Feast of Trumpets. While the Bible doesn't give us much to go on when trying to understand the point of this feast, we do see an example of the day being lived out, albeit many don't know about it. It can be found in the book of Nehemiah. The reason we know this story is happening on the Feast of Trumpets is that the writer provides us the date saying, Upon the first day of the seventh month. So let's take a second. We're going to read Nehemiah chapter 8 real quick and then we're about done. This is a situation taking place on the, day of the, fe on the Feast of Trumpets because it says upon the first day of the seventh month. And just for a little context, this is happening not long after the end of the Babylonian captivity, and they have come back to Israel, to Jerusalem, and the scribe Ezra and Nehemiah are kind of, and the priest are kind of ministering to the people because they're just distraught. Here's what it says. Verse 1, chapter 8 of the book of Nehemiah. And all the people gathered themselves together as one man into the street that was before the water gate. And he spoke unto Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded to Israel. And Ezra the priest brought the law before the congregation both of men and women, and all that could hear with understanding upon the first day of the seventh month. And he read there and before the street that was before the water gate from the morning until midday before the men and the women and all that could understand and all the ears of the people were attentive unto the book of the law. And Ezra the scribe stood upon the pulpit of wood which they had made for this purpose. And beside him stood Matahiah and Shema and Ananiah and Yerjah and Hikiah and Maasiah and on his right hand, on his left hand, Padiah and Mishael and Malchiah and Husham and Hashbadana, Zechariah and Meshulam. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was above the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. 
And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. And all the people answered, Amen, Amen, with lifting up their hands. And they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Also Jeshua and Bani and Sherbiah, Jam, Akab, Shabbatiah, Obajah, Messiah, Kilta, Azariah, Josabad, Hanah, Peleliah, and the Levites caused the people to understand the law. And the people stood in their place. So they read in the book of the law of God distinctly, and gave the sense, and caused them to understand the reading. And Nehemiah, which is the uh, the Tershathah, and Ezra the priest, the scribe, and the Levites taught all the people, said unto all the people, This day is holy unto the Lord your God. Mourn not, nor weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said unto them, Go your way, eat fat, drink sweet, and send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord, neither shall ye be sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites stilled all the people, saying, Hold your peace, for the day is holy, neither be Ye grieved, and all the people went their way to eat and drink and send portions and to make great mirth because they had understood the words that were declared unto them. Real quick, so as you can see, they, they're mourning when they hear the words of the Lord, when they hear the, the law, and the priest and Nehemiah and Ezra say, you know what, don't weep, don't be sorry. Instead, this should be a day of joy. In fact, you need to go eat some fat, drink some sweet, send portions to those who don't have any. And obviously they studied the law. Which is interesting because what did we do to start the broadcast? We read Exodus chapter 19 and 20 when God came down and he gave the commandments to his people. It's just an interesting connection. Let me finish the article for you real quick. We're almost done. In this wonderful story, we see the people of God asking to hear the law of the Lord. Ezra brings out the books, and he, along with the priests, begin to teach the Israelites, who had not long before returned from captivity. They weep when they hear the words of the law. However, Ezra commands the people not to weep or to be sad this day. Rather, they should be joyful. They should eat fat, drink sweets, and send portions to one another. I believe this goes to prove that for God's people, this is not a day or a time of judgment. This is not Yom Hadin. Rather, it's a day of celebration and expectation. Admittedly, the times we find ourselves in look very bleak and without much hope. However, we must remember this is not our home. We are only sojourners in a foreign land. We are not citizens of this world, but citizens of the kingdom of heaven. This year, remember the blowing of the trumpet. Not just the blast of the past on Mount Sinai, but look forward to the last trump, which signals for us that it is time to go home. Maranatha. Come quickly, Lord Jesus, come quickly. My friends, that is the end of the broadcast. 
I hope that you've, if you didn't know much about the Feast of Trumpets, I hope you have a much deeper understanding. Now, again, you can go find the article at scriptureandprophecy.com. And the, it's the first blog post up there. That's also where you go to support this mission of truth. If you believe in the work that's being done here, please consider supporting it if you are able. If not, please consider praying for it. Thank you for listening this morning. I pray you be blessed. Come quickly, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Peace and grace be with all of you, and until next time, God bless.